License 26099E. SmartSense, brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit SmartAirAustin.com. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. 503, thanks a lot for joining us. We're here 2 to 6 every weekday. Kyle is producing this afternoon, and Billy is weighing in from College Station. Good afternoon, Billy. Hey, y'all. Thanks for, for taking my call. So I, I work with young people who uh, who directly have behavioral challenges, uh, have outbursts of anger, and uh, have attacked people as, as a result of not being able to cope in situations that are triggering for them. Mm-hmm. And, and I hear a lot of people saying, you know, we need to put more and more money into mental health. But, but when I tell you this, there have been times where I've sat, done group therapy sessions every single three times a week with students, and they would identify the same coping skill. When I get angry, I'm going to squeeze a stress ball 27 times or take 10 deep breaths, uh, do a yoga pose like a koala bear or a panda. And the same students were going home and kicking their dogs and throwing their grandmothers down the steps. And I think part of that is because in mental health, there's a big pendulum swing uh, toward what's known as trauma-informed care, which is a really positive thing because we want young people to, to deal with their traumatic issues. But you can't use it as almost a scapegoat. So I always tell people, like, if, if you attack somebody or slap your girlfriend as an adult, you can't say, well, when I was six, I was molested, and therefore that made me do these things in the future. So I think you, it, it's gone so far where when, when these sorts of violent attacks do happen, we want to put it all on somebody's trauma or, or find a way not, not to hold somebody accountable and blame it on some exterior uh, uncontrollable circumstance. And I really think you need to balance out accountability with trauma-informed care and the mental health aspect. And I think you definitely need more of the accountability piece uh, in the schools, and, and that would help the situation. Billy, thanks for that call from College Station. When we have teachers saying, I had to buy a face shield to protect my face from the students, things are completely out of hand. That's that's outrageous. Yeah, and as far as Billy's comment about accountability, that needs to be across the board. That's not just in uh, special education classes. That's across the board, any class, any grade level. Uh, we did get a text here from someone who is a special education teacher and also a parent of a child with special needs. And uh, it says that they're very limited in the classroom about what they're able to do. And inclusivity is a major focus of the laws. There's not many options for the kids that have severe behavioral problems. And the best thing you can hope for is that their parents decide to send them to ABA therapy for their behaviors. Uh, it goes on to say the SPED teachers don't get into it for the money. It is a calling, mm-hmm. love their job, but it has become incredibly difficult. A lot of people are getting out of special education because they've lost a big chunk of the behavior support team, and that's where they need more support in the schools. Let's go to Angela in Elgin at 506. Good afternoon, Angela. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm listening to um, listening to y'all talk about this, and I, I do know 
people from both sides have family who have special needs, have a friend out, out, out in the East Coast. So, and they've all complained about this too. Um, and I've known since I was little, you know, going to elementary school that, you know, children in special needs can get violent, you know, they, you know, flare their arms when they're crying and stuff. But I think this is a very good example for the voucher system. Because if it was my child and that school wasn't able, or my child wasn't getting the help they need, or that there wasn't enough teachers, or mm -hmm. that school wasn't prepared, then with that voucher system, I can go find the help. Mm -hmm. And not, you know, I mean, because that's, I, as a parent, and, and I, I'm, the special needs, they don't, they don't want to do that. My, my, my niece has autism. You know, she doesn't want to hurt anyone. Uh, but there was those times that she would just start crying, just crying because of the overwhelming in that, that part. I mean, teachers were just restraining her very horribly and throwing her in a blue room and closing the door and leaving her. Oh, we can't do anything about it. You're going to have to just come pick her up. As a parent, to see your child like that, oh, my God, it's, it's heartbreaking, and you feel that you're all alone. Well, we've had uh, some parents call and support your point. Uh, they say they have students in special ed, and they would love to have the choice to be able to move them to a more specialized type of setting. Exactly, and that's what we ended up having to do with my niece. And what the school told my brother, you know, she's not going to go any further. There's nothing we can do. All right, Angela, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, it, it, it's difficult for everyone, I think, involved from the parents to the kid to the school, but there has to be a better way, especially when it comes to individuals that are prone to have violent outbursts. There has to be better help for them. And I don't think public school is it. Yeah, in some of these cases... Uh for the good of everyone involved, the student, teachers, staff, other kids, there has to be a, a, a better approach. 512-836-0590. We also want to get your thoughts on the announcement today by Senator Mitch McConnell that he is no longer going to be the leader of the Republicans in the U.S. Senate. He's going to remain as a U.S. Senator from Kentucky, but he is ending his long-running leadership position for Republicans in the Senate. Uh, what would you like to see in the next leader? What type of policy positions? What kind of approach in terms of leading the Republicans in the U.S. Senate? 512-836-0590. Here's another question for you. Do you want to see John Cornyn in that position? Some of these articles are already mentioning Cornyn will probably be one of the top three candidates to be the leader of Republicans in the U.S. Senate. How does that idea strike you? 512-836-0590 to join the discussion. I will answer both of those questions. And I'll start by saying it's it's about time, Mr. McConnell. Uh, the time was, was a ways ago, but I'm glad you're seeing it now and that you're stepping down. And I think whoever takes that position for me, I want someone that is strong, that is unwavering in 
that America needs to be first priority. After that is met, we can look to see where we help mm-hmm. elsewhere, but that this nation in, in all concerns is always first. The economy, the border, security, uh, our our military, we have to put the nation first. And I want someone that will take that position. And that is why I am a no on Senator Cornyn. Yes, I get he's from Texas, but I don't, at least my perspective on him is he's not unwavering. He he seems to take the pulse of yes. what does the majority want, and let me let me go with that because then that means I get the least amount of backlash. Mm-hmm. He's not going to stake out a strong ideological position and and fight hard for it. That's just not who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, weigh in with your thoughts five one two eight three six zero five ninety. We also want to get your thoughts on the news that. President Biden's doctors say that he remains fit to serve and that he was not given a cognitive test today as part of his annual physical exam. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about that, and she said he doesn't need one. And the doctors who were there agree. She said there were 20 doctors there today for that annual physical for President Biden None of them thinks that he needs to take a cognitive exam, so therefore he was not given one. I don't know why it takes 20 people, but uh, (laughs) I liked We had a caller earlier when we first brought this up that said, well, that just might be a a difference of interpreting what was said. We can see there's cognitive decline, so we Mm -hmm. don't need to give a test. Or you can take it as the White House took it is in... There's nothing here to see. There's no reason for him to take it. He's perfectly fine. Uh, And I was looking at the summary of today's physical that said the president continues to be monitored for the skin lesions, just like he's had in the past, uh, and that his occasional coughing is due to acid reflux. He has a stiffened gait as a result of spinal arthritis and a previously broken foot. But everything looks the same as it did last year so that's why we're saying he remains fit for office he should have taken a cognitive test today any president who reaches that age regardless of what party they're in should be taking that kind of exam on a yearly basis the the workload is just too important and vital for this country it is and then on the other side of that you would think that they would want him to take it so if there is truly nothing wrong with him, then you have the results to back that up and you can put this to bed and it won't be a talking point for anybody moving forward. It would be like, oh, okay, he's right. He's, he's completely fit. I don't know why we were worrying about it. All right. 512-836-0590. We will start working in your comments, calls, and text messages coming up just ahead. It's Mark and Melinda on KLBJ. And now back to the Mark and Melinda show. Streaming live on the News Radio KLBJ app. 518 Tigers here producing, and Ken joins us. Good afternoon. Welcome to KLBJ. Ken. Yeah, I think it's outrageous. It is outrageous that they're not going to give him a cognitive test because they know doggone well he'll fail. Even the DOJ report said we're not going to. We're not going to hold him accountable for having those classified materials because he doesn't know what the heck is going on. Yeah, that, that's, that's that is not right. Yeah, the special counsel report uh, said that based on 
listening to Biden's recorded interview with his ghostwriter in 2017. They said he had a failing memory in 2017 based on that uh, conversation they were listening to on the recording. Yeah, it, it, I mean, this is nuts. They, there's there's at least 45 minutes of videos of him stumbling, stumbling, stammering, doesn't know where he's at. I mean, that that is outrageous. It really is. It's, it's sickening. I think the White House handlers uh, ordered the doctors, you're not going to give him one. They're terrified of what the results would be, so that's the end of it. It was just not administered. Well, Ken, thank you. Have a good afternoon. I was just seeing a post by CNN, and it, the wording of this is, is, is says everything. I'm just going to read it as it is. President Biden is fit for duty with no new health concerns his doctor reported following the president's annual physical. The White House says a cognitive exam was deemed unnecessary by president's medical team. You see the difference in that? The doctor says fit physically, but it is we're getting word from the White House Mm -hmm. that his medical team said no cognitive test was needed. Why didn't the medical team say that? Yes. Why are we not getting that out of one of the president's medical team's mouth? And that statement also said no new conditions no new health concerns well that's good that's good news that's good to hear but what about the concerns that existed before today that have existed for years that existed during the campaign when he was kept in the basement away from voters they're still there they are still there yes uh let's go to everett in georgetown he's got some thoughts on the leader of Republicans in the Senate in the future. Welcome, Everett. How are you this afternoon? Oh, I'm fantastic, Mark. Good to hear from you and Melinda. Uh, it's nice to have an island of sanity on this radio. <laughs> 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 uh, my vote for leader would be Ted Cruz. He is a constitutional person, and he's strong, just like Melinda and I both want. And... Uh, I think he'd make a great leader. Well, he does uh, consistently say that he is a constitutional mm-hmm. senator, yes, an sir. originalist who adheres to the U.S. Constitution. How? What difference would that make in that position, in your mind, Everett, to have someone who is a big proponent of following the Constitution in everything they do? Oh, it's like a breath of fresh air. Um, if the Senate... Could Republicans take the majority in the Senate and he would be the leader? I think it would be well on the way for this country to start to heal from all this crap that's going on. Excuse my language. (laughs) Your excuse, Mr. Everett. I I do think having someone in there that adheres to the Constitution, that adheres to the way that this nation was set up and how it is supposed to run would be extremely beneficial. Everett, thank you. Have a good afternoon, sir. Let's go to Colin in Cedar Park at 521 on KLBJ. Hello, Colin. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't hear the tail end of what that last caller was saying, but I, I think I heard him say Rand Paul. Is that right? Well, Everett said he wants Ted Cruz to be the next leader of the Republicans. Uh, we had someone recommend Rand Paul back in the 2 o'clock hour. Uh, but all the news reports are saying that John Cornyn is one of the top three to become the next leader. I, I think it should be someone who's demonstrated that they are principled, 
And so I think Rand Paul and the way that he handled COVID, um, he, he demonstrated that. And I think he's, he's trustworthy and he demonstrated that he follows, uh, you know, the spirit of the law and uh, the spirit of the Constitution. I think another good pick might be uh, Mr. Uh, Thomas Massey. Uh, Rand Paul would certainly bring a totally different approach to foreign policy. Very, very different approach. I think he would bring a different approach on spending as well because he's more of a libertarian mm-hmm. bent, and and we need a different approach on spending. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think someone that does have the less government-involved mentality is a definitely the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just keep it as to how we were supposed to be performing our jobs in the first place, and it wasn't to get into everybody's business. Are those some of the things you have in mind when you think about Rand Paul, Colin? Exactly. And, you know, even on as far as budget and deficit goes, I mean, both him and his father are 100% correct as far as how, how we need to be handling the budget. Do you think Rand Paul would, would have enough votes of his fellow Republicans in the Senate to win that position? Yes and no. I mean, I, I think that's a it's a it's a maybe on there. I mean, there's definitely a lot of corruption in there, and uh, I, I think the person that needs to be in, in the in the leadership position needs to be the one that is the example for the party, and uh, I, I think he needs to be in there to, to to steer the ship straight. Colin, thank you. Have a great afternoon. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. You can weigh in with your thoughts on uh, Mitch McConnell announcing he is relinquishing his position as leader of the Republicans in the U.S. Senate. We also have the news from the White House. President Biden had his annual physical today. The doctors say he is fit for duty. There was no cognitive test given. The White House says he doesn't need one. 512-836-0590. Mike is calling from San Antonio on the education topic we had going earlier about special education. Mike, welcome. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks. Yes, yes what, are, what are your thoughts? Well, I guess uh, maybe we need to get a better connection with him, guys. Kyle, maybe you can uh, connect with Mike and reset there. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text to join the conversation. We also had the Michigan primary last night. Trump, 60% in Michigan. Biden uh, got over 80% in Michigan. A lot of the news focus, though, is on the uncommitted votes in Michigan, where it was around 100,000 voters who voted uncommitted. And in fact, in Dearborn, uh, there were more uncommitted votes than those who voted for Joe Biden in Dearborn, which is the epicenter of the Muslims and the Arab Americans in Michigan. So a lot of articles today are now wondering, gosh, will all of these people stay home in November? Will they vote for a third party? Will they end up switching back and ultimately voting for Biden in 2024? Well, and one of the reports that I read is that really the only two options, if it's Biden-Trump, would be a third party candidate or just sitting it out. Neither one of those is good for the Biden administration. If the they're hoping mm-hmm. to bring in that support. Um, as far as can Biden do anything 
to to get that support by November? My answer to that is simple. There's there's a lot of time between now and November. It's possible, and and I think it would be possible only in the sense that there is a stop in what's going on in Israel, in, in Palestine. Maybe it's not necessarily Biden that puts an end to it because he really shouldn't have a say in it. But mm-hmm. if if Israel says, listen, we, we've got these terms, we want all the hostages released, and this is what we'll do, and Hamas actually uh, signs off on that and follows through with it, and you get somewhat of a peace going there where there's just not this endless fighting, perhaps Biden can bank off of that and say, mm-hmm. look, they're not fighting anymore. I'm sure I did something or had some input or influence in that. And maybe they come back around. Well, the latest battleground polling is showing that Trump is leading in Michigan and Biden is telling all of his big donors that Michigan is critical. He has to win if he wants to get reelected in Michigan. Here's Tom Bevan of RealClearPolitics.com assessing the latest round of the brand new battleground polling in those key states. He's behind in almost all of them, except for Pennsylvania, where he's leading by less than a single percentage point. I mean, it's right. that close. He's he's leading by, I think our latest average there has him at plus uh, 0.6%. Um, but everywhere else, he's behind, including Nevada, which, again, that's a, that's a Democratic state. That's a state that has gone Democrat the last couple of times. He's down by over eight points there. Seven points in Georgia, five points in Arizona. So uh, that's the assessment of the latest polling in those key battleground states. Trump has all the momentum in almost every one of those states. You just heard him go right down the list. 512-836-0590. It's 528 with Mark and Melinda. And now back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Melinda and I want you to get registered right now to win an outstanding family four-pack to Moody Gardens in Galveston. You've been there before. I have been there a couple of times, and uh, it is nice. From the hotel to all of the different things that you can do there, It's a nice little getaway for the weekend. (laughs) Well, uh, this family four-pack includes tickets to the aquarium, the rainforest pyramids, the 3D and 4D theaters, and more. So right now to get registered, text us at 512-836-0590. Text the word GARDEN to get registered. And we're going to have a drawing for five winners on Friday and then... One additional grand prize winner, the entire family of four, gets to stay at the Moody Gardens in Galveston and play golf there at their excellent golf course. I haven't played golf, but I've done all of the other things, and I've taken kids to do that, and they love it. (laughs) You better get texting right now, 512-836-0590. Text the word GARDEN. Do it right now. Also in the news today, Austin Mayor Kirk Watson says he wants to build an entire academy to teach people how to work in the construction business. He says we need thousands of new additional construction workers in Austin, and his big idea is to build an academy where people can learn how to work in the construction business. Now, he didn't put a price tag on this today, according to KXAN, but he says this thing is going to be a whopper. It's a -a one-of-a-kind 
partnership to teach people how to work in the construction business. And when I look at everything that he wants it to do, that price tag is going to be extremely hefty. He mm-hmm. wants recruitment. He wants the training. He wants child care support, the placement services. Um, it's a big price tag. My question is, why is the mayor doing this? Um, I would think, I, I know this says one-of-a-kind public-private infrastructure network. I would guess the private part already has it covered. And that's who should be covering it because they're the ones yes. that are going to be getting the contracts uh, to to build or do the construction projects. So they're the ones that should have their hand in recruiting, training, hiring. In addition to that, we already have Austin Community College. Yes. And we have some programs in the Austin public school system. But the mayor said today, we need 10,000 additional workers in the construction field in Austin in the next few years. He says we really need to increase our training, and we need to crank out about 4,000 people a year, every year from now on, brand new people trained in how to work in the construction industry. Well, and I'm, I'm, it kind of reads like he's trying to get rid of the private companies here because he says we have about $25 billion worth, billion worth of infrastructure projects, expanding the airport, Project Connect, light rail to I-35. So is he trying to create his own construction team to do Austin City Hall's construction projects? Mm, maybe. And no Perhaps. longer, you know, have it out there for bids and for private companies to come in and, and be in contract with the city? Boy, I think that would be a bad idea if that's where he's going because uh, they just would not have the expertise to do these kind of things. I, I just don't see that being possible. And just think of what a mess it would be. Yes. I mean, you look at programs that they have and they have no oversight on a lot of these. That would be a huge, huge black eye on the city of Austin. Some of you are in this business. How does this idea sound to you? 512-836-0590. Call or text to join the conversation. Mayor Kirk Watson unveiled this idea today. He doesn't have very many specifics. He didn't say anything about the cost, how many people would be enrolled at any one time, how large this facility is. He just says it'll be one of a kind to teach people how to work in the construction field. 512-836-0590. Call or text us. We also have a story about state lawmakers in Arizona who are now debating a proposal that would extend the existing legal protection that exists for homeowners to use deadly force to protect themselves from home intrusion. They want to extend that to include protecting their property. So what they have in mind is ranches, big farms, etc., cetera, uh, that you would have legal protection if you need to use deadly force against people who are on your property in Arizona. It sounds like to me like the, the law that they already have is like stand your ground that we have here, and now they're going to extend it to uh, anybody just crossing onto your property line that you think is... A danger to you. Uh, it seems a bit broad in, I mean, I, I'm i sitting here thinking about 
this is Arizona. This is a place where you do have a lot of people that are entering illegally uh, that could be crossing onto your property, and you don't know what their intentions are, whether it is to just cut across, Mm -hmm. you know, for a shortcut, or if they have bad intentions. So I think that it is important that as a property owner, you have the right to defend all of your property. And that is the land, the house, the car, your family, like that's everything should be where you defend. But I do think that there has to be something more than just they step foot on your property so you just open fire. Um, I There has to be a reason why you feel threatened. You're in the same area and they're they're moving towards you, not listening, something like that. I think the way it's worded right now seems pretty broad. I can certainly understand why they're trying to craft this law in Arizona because we've heard individual news reports and we've seen video of ranchers and farmers saying, look, there's there's a group out there. I can I can see that some of them are armed. This happens every day. There might be two or three that are armed and then several that don't seem to be armed, but Mm -hmm. what is that landowner supposed to do if they feel threatened? I think that they have the right. If they feel threatened, they should be able to defend their property and themselves. Yes. Now, this story out of uh, Arizona says some lawmakers are thinking about the case of that Arizona rancher who's now going to be put on trial, accused of killing uh, an illegal immigrant on his property. He has 170 acres right down there by the border, George Allen Kelly. And uh, his trial is going to start in March. He's in his 70s, isn't he? Yeah, he's an elderly man. And I think in that case, I may, I may be wrong, but I think the person that he ended up shooting and killing was armed. Um, I think so, yes. I think you're right, if, so, if I remember that correctly. So... It's crazy to me that he's that it's even gotten this far with him uh, being on trial. And I think that trial starts March 21st. All right. 512-836-0590. Call or text to join the conversation. Uh, you can also uh, weigh in on some of the other big stories that have developed this afternoon. The Supreme Court says that it will hear the immunity case for former President Trump. The arguments have been set for April at some point. Is that right? The week of April 22nd. So this is going to further delay uh, what Mr. Smith had hoped would be a pretty quick turnaround on a trial. So it all comes down to uh, whether or not the justices believe that Trump does have immunity. If he does have immunity, to me, that sounds like it puts an end to this particular prosecution of right. Trump. Let's go to Kyle at 540 on Mayor Kirk Watson's plan to build a big training center for people to learn how to work in construction. Kyle, welcome. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing good, guys. How are y'all? Fine. Kyle, welcome. Yeah, so I'm calling. I've, I've talked to y'all about this once a little while back, but you know, I'm, I'm one of your younger listeners, 20, well, actually 26 last week, but I came straight out of high school Went straight into construction, no college, nothing. I think, in my opinion, it is going to be the biggest waste of money and waste of time. And, again, I'm younger. There's nobody else my age out there working. And I'm not being like this, but it's a lot of these illegal Mexicans that are out there doing these jobs for cheaper. 
and working 612s, any other type of race I've seen that came through construction, they quit because they don't want to do six 12-hour days and work all day and then come in there in the night, do pours. And why I think it's going to be a waste of money and why even superintendents, who is my stepdad, they don't hire people from school because they've learned how to do it behind textbooks and classroom training or virtual simulators. But that never works when you get hands-on in the field while working. So many other problems come up that isn't even in your whatever job you're doing at the moment. It could be a different trade that causes a problem that you all have to come together and figure out plans. That They're not going to teach any of that in school. And in my opinion, I don't think there's enough people out there wanting to go do hard labor anymore. Well, and I'm curious, if you've got construction companies now that say we're having a difficult time bringing them in, what is Mayor Watson going to do that's different that will have people lining out the door to come into his academy to get the same job? I don't know. It's going to be hard. I I really took it because I had no choice. And yeah, the money was great. But then you're working six days a week and you just really have no life. And there's a lot of people I'd rather just take a cushion job and, you know, not really try. But then I left during the COVID because I learned about benefits and everything. So I'm out at the airport or else I would still be there just working every day, six days a week. And I don't see anyone else really out there around my age group that would ever even want to go do that. So, yeah, Kyle, waste of money. what I hear you saying, Kyle, is there really is no one-year or two-year or even four-year classroom project that would prepare someone. It needs to be right there on the job, hands-on learning that way. Yes, sir. They would, really, they would rather have somebody come in completely green so that we can teach you and teach you all the ways that, oh, well, these engineers or whatever construction guys wrote this, how you do this in a textbook. Well, let's come out and show you how that might not work in situations that they don't teach you how to do that in construction. So you might go spend all this money and all this time and training. They might come out and then it might not even been the same type of thing they're training in that textbook or whatever, or whatever trade they want to go to. They can end up, it could be completely different from, and stuff changes all the time. There's new tools, new equipment, new methods. So I, I just think it's a waste of time and money because they would rather bring people in green and train them on the job site training instead of classroom textbooks and virtual whatever practicing kyle thank you have a good evening sir we appreciate it we'll work in more of your comments coming up just ahead it's 543 with mark and melinda mike is in north austin on klbj mike welcome i understand you're a superintendent for a construction team is that right sir yes sir what are your thoughts on mayor watson's big idea to build this academy well, first of all, I don't think that the taxpayers, because I'm sure the taxpayers will be on the hook for some part of it, you know, whether or not, whether or not whoever goes there is going to have to pay a certain amount of tuition, I'm sure, to set it up initially, especially since it's being proposed by the mayor, it's going to come out of the taxpayer's pocketbook one way or another. Um, when it comes to construction, you can be in construction for 20 years and still not know you know, everything that you need to know, and you definitely can't learn out of a book. And I've worked for multiple companies that that won't even hire someone who doesn't have on-the-job experience because you just can't learn what you what you need to know out of a book because it's critical thinking, it's, it, it's working with people, it's scheduling, it's solving problems, it's, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that you know, I, I, I think, see, the guy who hired me, he, he interviewed 19 people before he got to me. And I said, well, what was the problem? He goes, well, none of them had experience. You know, they had, they had a college degree. But a college degree doesn't, doesn't translate into 
instruction and, and real job experience. You know, MA in accounting. Well, Mike, you know, let me ask you this. You're saying that, you know, recruitment, you want the, the job on job training. Part of this is going to have recruitment, that comprehensive training. They're throwing in child support. Are you having a difficult time getting anybody, like if you have a job opening, getting them there on the job, like already starting with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, unfortunately, you know, a lot of them are younger people who, Really, just as that the guy before me said, a lot of them don't want to work and put in the time. I mean, it's a, it's ten to twelve hour days, you know, you know, Monday through Saturday, you know, Saturday sometimes, sometimes not, you know. But th- there's there's a lot of people who who don't want to put in that effort, you know, and especially starting from ground up, you know, where where you need to to actually learn everything, everything that you need to know. I mean. It's 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 really surprising. I mean, and that and that goes for that doesn't just go for on on the job. That goes for architects and engineers and the people who draw the plans because they they just went to school. They didn't have they never swung a hammer or built a masonry wall, you know. And so they you know the plans aren't even right. And so it comes down to a lot of critical thinking on the job. You know, you only get by actually experiencing it, Mike. I'm starting to wonder if the mayor ever talked to anybody like you who's actually in the business to say, what do you think of this idea? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, almost, like, um, it's almost like you have a school to learn, to, to, to teach you how to be a waiter. You know, you can't learn that. It's time management. It's talking to people. It's, it's knowing you know, the right process and how to do something. It's something you have to experience. I mean, like I said, you know, accounting, you can probably learn out of a book. You know, a lot of things you can probably learn out of a book. But when it comes down to to actually being proficient at your job, it's something that you have to put in years and years and years and experience doing. Mike, I think, I think that I think it'd be a waste of money on the taxpayers' bill, and I think it's not not really not really even the mayor's call on hey, this 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 build an institution you know it should be up to it should be up to hey man uh i got out of high school and i didn't want to go to college and i learned this trade mm-hmm. you know mike that's, uh that's just what it should be well we appreciate it mike thanks so much for weighing in we we hope you have a great evening thank you very much you too okay thank you mike 512-836-0590 does it sound to you like the mayor talk to anybody who's actually doing this work no. And, and so it's interesting that he is calling it a public-private infrastructure network. So does that mean you've already have private companies on board with this, that they're going to come and do the instruction or they're going to do what? And again, I don't know where the city part of this, why that's needed. If this if this one-of-a-kind one place building for someone to go in and, and find this was needed. Don't you think that the private sector would have already said we're building this? And then you have all of the schools that teach this. Yes. You have all of the businesses that offer up apprenticeships so that mm-hmm. they can help get the hands on training. I'm just I'm trying to figure out where this idea came from and why the mayor thinks that the city of Austin needs to get in on it. Let's go to McKenzie at 551 with Mark and Melinda. How are you today, McKenzie? I am well. How are you, 
Mark and Melinda. Good, thank you. You're welcome. I'm just I just want to tie into this. I am defending my boyfriend. He works in construction. He's twenty three years old. He's a supervisor. That's all he does. He's constantly working from Monday to Saturday. And so I just believe that this statement that's brought out to the mayor, I just in some kind of way I'm kinda of concerned of like the process of what he's trying to do. So my question is like does he have a really a game plan? Has he really talked to other companies, like private and public companies that are out in the Austin area, mm-hmm. like we are at the current moment? And it just seems like it's like a statement that he's just throwing out. And I just don't understand why all of a sudden this is just a new idea, which is fine. It's just I feel like there's some concerns and questions that we should be stating out. And especially in the public area, we need to be aware of what actually is going on. Mackenzie, you're right. So many times we get, whether it's from the mayor himself or from the city council, they come out and they make these broad statements. We're going to start doing this. Uh, We haven't secured the funding for it. We're hoping that the federal funding will will kick in and and we'll kick in some public money. We can't tell you the cost. We can't tell you how we're going to pay for it. But we just have this big idea that we're going to bring up at city council and hopefully we'll just get it passed. Oh, it's terrible. Doesn't make any yeah. sense, especially for people that, like my boyfriend, for example. He just is constantly at work. He comes home. He's not done till seven, but gets up at four o'clock in the morning. And then he's moving and grooving. But it's what he loves. It's what he does. He's done it since he was ten years old, learning what exactly what he wanted to do. And he didn't go to college like I am right now. He knows that. Okay, I am twenty three years old. I know my position where I'm at. I know the guys I got to bring in. And that's the hard part, but the whole concern, bringing guys in that actually want to do construction. Um, most of them don't. Most of them are done with the week and actually don't want to be in the heat, especially with Texas. Like, it's just sometimes it is for someone and sometimes it's not. All right, Mackenzie, thank you. Mm-hmm. Have a nice evening. Uh, Jeremiah is in Leander on KLBJ. Welcome. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. Thank you, Jeremiah. Um, I was just I, listening to this. I've been, uh, that, that is a horrible idea to even try to put that kind of, any, any kind of money up for a construction school. Um, a lot of the high schools have trade schools. Um, I've been in construction since 99. I did a four year apprenticeship. Um, one day at school, uh, everything else was on the job training with, uh, bricklayers. And then I've been, uh, mining for 11 years and there's nothing that you can teach somebody in a book um you have to be there to learn it on hand um i agree with everything all these other guys have said most people don't want to get into it because Uh, because the work is is so challenging and tough well yeah it's challenging it's tough it's long hours it's very physically demanding um i'm actually down here from st louis right now um working under lake travis uh but when i did my apprenticeship there was three classes. There was probably 60 people all together. And I think now there's maybe two or three in the whole program. Oh, so wow. no, nobody wants to do it. So why, why build a big school for three kids? Well, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. What, what does the mayor think he has the secret sauce that's going to get them to come into the, to this academy when they're not going to the, the jobs that are there that are going to be paying them straight off? Yeah, and the mayor said today we, we want to turn out 4,000 people a year graduating from this academy 
Jeremiah, thank you. We appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for tuning in and joining us today. We're here every weekday, 2 to 6, live and local. Mark and Melinda, have a great evening, Melinda. You too. Tiger and Kyle, super job producing. The news is coming up next. License 26099E. Smart Sense. Brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit SmartAirAustin.com.